Patriot Speed is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. To another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast presented by the CLNS Media Network. I am Pat's Pulpits, Brian Hines, again filling in the host chair, joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. And Alex, we had some football today, kind of. After, sort, of. <laughs> sort of. Something resembling football. After what Bill Belichick called a good long weekend after a couple violations last week. That's one way to put it. We were, the Patriots were back on the practice fields today for the first time in front of us. The reporters were live. Me and Alex were both at Gillette Stadium. And before we get into the kind of nitty gritty stuff, all the details, and we'll really break this down. My big takeaway is we have an offense again. Not to overreact, but Bill O'Brien was in command of the offense it was his show as you said yesterday he was the head coach of the offense which is what this team needed um so it was a strong start and i thought mac kind of said it best after it's back to normal he didn't even say like he didn't even say back to it's just like what's it it's like just normal it was normal working with yeah him. what's it like working with bill o'brien it's normal which is so telling Right. It's hard not to be comparative when he says that. And later on in the answer, and I wrote about this on 985thesportsup.com, he said, you know, talking about working with a Brian, when you're with a new coach, the most important thing is communication and trust. And trust. Like he went out of his way to put <laughs> and trust. So he has a normal coach he can trust. What a concept. And things suddenly look great. Now, we shouldn't be ooing and eyeing over a functioning offense on the first day of OTAs. But that's where we were last year. There were some people, some of them who might be on the show, trying to tell all of you that last year was not normal. This was not as simple as, oh, the quarterback's having a down year. It wasn't that simple. And there's Mac Jones saying it, and you saw the evidence of it today. Three practices in, because remember, they had two close practices. Three practices in, they are ahead of where they were in, like, November last year. Brian, the total number of players we saw in pre-snap motion today oh. might snap their entire might might outsnap their entire pre-snap count from all of last year. Regular season. <laughs> yes, exactly. That, yeah, exactly. Bill O'Brien has taken command of this thing. He's reworked it. Mac Jones got asked a couple of times in a couple different ways how familiar it is to the Alabama offense, how familiar it is for him compared to Josh McDaniel's offense. He kind of said yes without saying yes in answering those, but it's a real NFL offense. So last year on this day, we came on the show two hosts ago on this freaking program. <laughs> and we were talking about how they're going to try to run zone with, they're going to have Trent Brown and Mike going who pulling and you know, they're, they're taking all these deep shots. They're not throwing short anymore. What's going on. And we had no idea what the hell we were looking at. Here we are a year later and hey, would you look at that? There's an actual offensive coach running the offense, and we can comprehend what we saw. And again, it's OTAs. There's no pads, there's no contact, but it's an encouraging start. They seem to have a good rhythm, a good pace. They weren't obviously just screwing things up, kind of like we saw last we, year at times. You know guys. what? It's as simple. And you say, like, it's OTAs. And we're going to talk about the performance of a couple different players today. I put like zero stock into this player was good. This player was bad from yeah. OTAs. We're most talking about who lined up where, who was on the field with who. That's more what this is. But 
They didn't have to stop practice because guys didn't know the play. They didn't have to stop practice because guys weren't lining up right. They didn't have to stop practice because they didn't have the right, you know, personnel on the field to run the call. That part was seamless, which again, shouldn't be freaking out about, but it was refreshing. After last year, definitely refreshing. So the big thing on the field with the players, if you thought there was going to be a quarterback competition today, said there wasn't. Mac Jones got most of the important reps, if you will say. With I call the them, one, I like to call them impact reps, impact high impact reps, reps. With the ones, yeah. with the projected starters. I think there might have been one session where Bailey Zappi got like three or four, but most of the day it was Mac with the starters. So no quarterback competition for now. No, this is this is far and away Max's job to lose. You mentioned there was one period, it was a low intensity eleven on eleven period that Bailey Zappi got. I after Mac Jones had went for six or seven plays, got yeah. three or four snaps with the first team offense. But the real, if we had, and again, it's OTAs. I'm not putting on a ton of stock in any of it. There's no pads. Guys aren't there, but. If there was one period that was like, okay, this is the period. This is as live as it gets. They did run a two-minute session uh, about halfway through practice. This was uh, right after. So they had that session where it was mostly Mac and then a little bit of Zappy. Then they did a punt team drill. And then they ran this two-minute offense. Mac Jones ran it with the first team. Bailey Zappy ran it with the second team. There was no switching, none of that. Mac Jones' team, it's Mac Jones' job to lose. This is still Mac Jones' team. He is still their quarterback. If there is a quarterback competition, Bailey Zappi is really going to have to light it up with the second team to create one. That's not to say he was bad today. He was fine. Again, I'm not going to put a ton of stock into any of this. Outside of Trace McSorley throwing a couple of really bad (laughs) interceptions, but that's fine. You're a Big Ten guy, right, Brian? Yeah. Did you catch the Big Ten on Big Ten crime today? Uh, Hawkins. Brad Hawkins picking off (laughs) Trace McSorley, but... um, yeah, Mac Jones is this team's starting quarterback. We're not doing a quarterback competition thing uh, this spring. We're probably not going to do it this summer. If it comes out and they're really ugly in September, that's when we'll bring it up. But until then, this is as we tried to tell you all summer or all winter, all spring, this is Mac Jones' team. And I think he looked he looked kind of in a good state of mind talking to him too. Kind of had that rookie level confidence back which I think he needs after everything he went through last year. The only uh, relaxed. And I mean that in a good way. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't, there were times last year where it felt like the whole, the weight of all of it. We just went through what all of it is. There were times last year where it felt like the weight of all of it was on him. And he had to carry this thing through everything they were going through. And I remember there was a comment early in camp, when the offense was really struggling that he said, you know, I'm all, I'm just doing what the coach is asking me to do. And I kind of interpreted it as this is as much as I can do right now. Like there's not much more I can do to improve this. It didn't feel, it, it didn't feel like he had that weight on. He felt comfortable. Yeah. It, it, he felt relaxed. It, it seemed like he really was. I mean, you say rookie confidence. I, I understand what you mean, but not like a first year player confidence. He was back to where he but, was in 2021, which I thought yeah. was just, you know, I'm I'm here to throw the football. I'm here to throw the football and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. That's kind of the vibe Mac Jones was giving off today, which is similar to what he had his rookie year, which is good to see. Yeah, so he was the clear cut one, Zappy two, McSorley three. Malik Cunningham, though, yeah. he's listed as a quarterback on the rosters we got, but he was not in a red non contact jersey. 
spent pretty much the whole day with the receivers until they did one, you could probably call it a scout team period at the very end of practice. Yeah, it looked like some, a walkthrough. Yeah, he took some quarterback reps. So after the draft, we had the report that he was open to playing other positions. After rookie minicamp, we got the report that he was only playing quarterback. But it looks like they might have some sort of plan here. Unlike some of the other quarterbacks that have transitioned to wide receiver in New England here, he was playing outside. He was playing kind of yeah. the X, not the slot that you know Jacoby Myers or Julian Edelman uh, have handled making that transition before. But he was working with the receivers, and, and that kind of might seem like a multi-year project almost because he had he had one good catch, he had some good moments, but there were also some other moments where he looked like a quarterback making the transition to wide receiver. Yeah, I, I think you put that perfectly. And it was interesting that that he was playing the X, not the slot, but he. We talk about the guys that have done that, right? Julian Edelman, size-wise, was never going to be a boundary receiver. Jacoby Myers did kind of become a boundary receiver later in his career, but early on, he didn't have the speed for it. You look at Cunningham, he's a burner. He's 6'1", 190. He's a boundary receiver. Like, if he's going to play receiver, he's a boundary receiver. So that makes sense. And yeah, he, I thought he had the catch of the day. That ball, the deep post, so, he goes yeah. up over two defenders to make the catch uh, on a ball from Trace McSorley, which I, I tweeted <laughs> Cunningham catches the pass of Trace McSorley over Brad Hawkins. Somebody said it's the most OTA tweet of all time. <laughs> but there were others where, yeah, he he looked like it was his first time playing uh, wide receiver. His routes were a little clunky, and a couple balls hit him in the hands. I agree with you. I think it's a project, but it's not a bad project, and he can still be a scout team quarterback during the season, during the week, all of that. But it was it, it was interesting to watch. It it's going to be an interesting project and interesting to see how he develops. The one thing I will say. And I, people on this show know how much I like to argue with Evan. I don't know that he's ticked me off to this extent in a long time. This is not another Danny Etling situation. Okay. Like it's not Julian Edelman either. Don't compare Malik Cunningham to Julian Edelman because it's disrespectful to Julian Edelman. But Danny Etling, Malik Cunningham probably ran the 40 at half the time Danny Etling did. I know Danny Etling had the run against the Giants. Woo. (laughs) Right. The famous preseason run. <laughs> Danny Etling was not nearly the athlete Malik Cunningham is. Danny Etling was playing tight end in personal punt protector because he knew he was going to get cut otherwise, and it was the only way he was going to make the roster. There was no chance long-term Danny Etling was going to be a pass catcher in the NFL. He went to his next team and instantly went back to quarterback. Malik Cunningham is an elite, elite, elite athlete. We'll see if he can develop the skills needed to play wide receiver, but he's fast enough and he's agile enough that he can do it. Not Danny Etling. Don't don't compare him to Julian Edelman, but don't compare him to Danny Etling either. (laughs) Not fair. Yeah. um, Sticking with pass catchers, Tyquan Thornton had a big day. Uh, He was very involved. His explosiveness was on display, but – these are the practices that a guy who runs a 4-2-8-40 should look really good. There's no right. contact, no pads, as we said. Some of his wins came against, you know, Rodney Randall and some of the lower cornerbacks. But what got me excited with Taekwon was it looked like they had a plan for him. You know, he was in motion, he was in stacks, and he was getting, you know, scheme touches involved in different ways. So that's what I took away from that. He did say uh, after that he bulked up a little 
in the offseason. He wouldn't say how much weight he put on. But the plan for him was what I took away and what I was excited about for Taekwon. Yeah, again, I, I'm not going to get super worked up over how involved he was, like you said. And I, I tell the story a lot. The first year me and Evan covered the team, the Patriots had a guy named Maurice Harris, who's kind of like Taekwon. He's like 6'2", buck 80, super fast. And we walked away from those first OTA practices, having never like seen any OTAs or anything like that before. And Evan thought they had the second coming of Randy. <laughs> it's like this. they got the guy and they had signed him for like a minimum deal late in free agency. And he had really good OTAs, really good mini camp. And then the pads came on in training camp. And I don't even think he made it to final roster. Cuts. I think he got cut before that. Um, that's not to say Tyquan Thornton can't be good, but the burners are supposed to eat up these practices. You can't touch them. So the other interesting thing is they didn't have Juju Smith-Schuster. So, that facilitated a top three and 11 personnel of Devonte Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Kendrick Bourne. Who's the odd man out when Juju comes back in minicamp is going to be very interesting to see. And then with Tyquan, obviously he's got to keep this up once the contact comes. Yeah. That's going to be the big thing with him, but Dev seems like they haven't quit on him. So that's good. I know people said he put on size. Didn't really look like yeah. it to me. So it's not to say he didn't and muscles lean and all of that, but yeah, I, that's just where I'm at. I Taekwon's faster than everybody on the than anybody who's going to try to cover him. Yeah, we. I, I feel like we knew that. I feel like yeah. we've known that since last year, right? And it's good. That's not. I don't mean this to knock Taekwon. I'm just saying the things he did today are things we know he can do. Are things he did mm-hmm. last year. It's when we're talking about the year two jump and the growth. That stuff's not going to come until we get into padded practices in July and August. And you mentioned they went a lot with that, that three rotation, the three receiver rotation. Also, there was a lot of two tight ends with Henry and Gesicki on the field yep. a lot, and they usually paired with Thornton and Bourne. I think that was the most common twelve personnel trio. So Henry usually more in line, Gesicki out wide, but that two tight end unit got a lot of work with O'Brien today. Well, and then the other the other look we got uh, a couple times there was. Ty Montgomery in the slot, yep. which is new, right? Last year, he just worked with the running backs, and it goes back to the coaching staff and the creativity of all of this. And Mike Sicky moved around. Ty Montgomery moved around. Um, yeah, they, they they went with a couple different packages. It's going to be interesting to see once everybody's there. And skill position-wise, they had pretty good attendance. I think is Juju everyone minus is, Juju, right? Yeah. So yeah. now Juju is a big piece of it. So yeah. mm-hmm. we'll see. But – I, it was interesting how many different roles, how many guys played because that was another thing that we really didn't see from them last year. It, 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 guys just kind of did what they did and there wasn't a lot of variation in it. Seems like off the way it's one practice, not a large sample size, but off today, there's going to be some more variation in the offense. And Ty Montgomery, you mentioned him. He looked good kind of picking up where he left off in the last yeah. training camp, had a few nice catches. They really rotated the running backs a lot it felt like a pretty even split Pierre Strawn and Kevin Harris were staying involved so you know Ramondre was limited so all those guys had opportunities so it really kind of feels they usually keep four so it feels like we're going to enter camp here with four guys and the best three are going to win well Stevenson was limited today right Mm -hmm. so it's I did think, yeah, they rotated the other guys, uh, Montgomery. We did see James Robinson was probably fourth in the rotation, but yeah. I thought he was in there. 
Harrison Strong, but we go back to, okay, what were they doing? The high impact reps. And that was Pierre Strong on the two minute drill, even though Ty Montgomery maybe got more snaps with the ones in total. Those snaps went to Pierre Strong. It was very interesting uh, when, you know, the first team offense was working on run fits over on the sideline. When again, Stevenson was limited. It was Kevin Harris. It's the first guy up. So I thought today was a really encouraging sign for those two, the two younger guys that they're not moving on from either of these guys. It's not, Hey, you didn't show us what we want as a rookie. And especially with Kevin Harris, he's a sixth round pick. That's a guy you can kind of write off. I think they're still pretty invested in these two guys and the growth of these two guys, which they should be because yeah. I think they can play. So um, I, that, that was, a you want to talk about like, I don't think there's a lot of positive or negative takeaways from OTAs. I think it's very much just setting the table again. Like I said, this is where the depth chart sits, et cetera. You want like a positive takeaway. I think they still like, and they still believe in those two running backs they drafted last year. Which is good. Cause I remember, you know, I was sitting on the Hill today. You watch Pierre Strawn. If you can get Pierre Strawn and Taekwon Thornton on the field playing well together, that's a lot of speed. It's a and lot of speed, a lot of speed. And uh, I like Kevin Harris. I think, kind of that Damian Harris, you know, role. He can come in, spell, yeah. spell, spell Ramondre Stevenson and give you, you know, quality yards when you need it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's probably the role he's competing for. I think Pierre Strong competing for that, that passing down back role. I think James, uh, Ty Montgomery is competing for that passing down back role. James Robinson's interesting because he can do both. With yeah. him, it's just how healthy is he, how explosive is he coming off that Achilles. And we didn't, Again, it's tough to sort of judge that at these sort of practices. Also, I, he wasn't on the field as much, and I didn't. I, I honestly didn't watch him as much as I probably wanted to. You can only watch so much of what's going on, yeah. and when you get the first team offense on one field, the first team defense on the other field, it's it's, it's hard to keep track of. But that's going to be the question with him. It's more so going to be how explosive he is. Mm-hmm, definitely, uh, in the trenches on the offensive line again. No one's winning any jobs right now, right. but we got the first look at how the offensive line configuration could look, even though Trent Brown wasn't there, but it was Calvin Anderson on the left and Riley Reef kind of as we expected on the right. And if Anderson bumped out, Reef moved over to the left and Connor McDermott filled in on the right. So that was the starting configuration. I'm, guessing when Trent Brown comes back, he'll bump into the left side. But for now it was Anderson left reef, right. Which is kind of what we expected. And if Trent's not here, like I, how big is that gap? How big is the gap between Trent Brown and Calvin Anderson? Now, again, it's tough to judge, but I did see DeMarcus Mitchell put one hell of a move on Calvin Anderson on one snap today. I did kind of notice that, but yeah, so it seems like Riley Reef is your starting right tackle over Connor McDermott, who filled in that role last year and did fine for what it was. He was Steve Andrews <laughs> joked about it today. You know, he said, Yeah, I asked him about like the new guys in the room, and he goes to Reef and Anderson, the rookies, and he said, you know, Connor McDermott, he's getting a full year as opposed to signing on Wednesday. <laughs> right. So he's he's kind of in that new guy group too. But yeah, it seems like that's gonna be the group. Uh, to start things off, and it'll be interesting to see when Trent comes back. I, I was surprised. We know they like Bill Murray. Like, we've known that for a mm. while now. And he's hung around on the practice squad all these years. But wasn't City Sal. Wasn't Antonio Maffi. Chasen Hines wasn't there. If he'd been there, I would have been really interested to see if he would have been in that role over Murray. But I did think it was a little notable. Like, Bill Murray's a guy we kind of look at, and we say, you know, converted defensive tackle, small school player. He's been here for a while. 
I think Bill Murray's a guy we, we often look at and say, yeah, he'll be here on the practice squad, but he's not going to make the roster. Well, yeah. if he's the first man up at right guard right now, maybe, maybe he has a more realistic chance at a, as a backup at a backup spot as a reserve spot than we think. Especially after they draft three mid round interior linemen and then he's first up there. Right. James Ferenc mixed in a little and City Sal, yeah, he played he was at right tackle with that second unit. It was Stuber, Cody Rusi was center, Jake Andrews and Mafi were the guards. But City Sal, they said he could play tackle. They said they drafted a tackle and he was out there at tackle today. Yeah. Again, it's tough to say, like, oh, you know, he was a great tackler. Yeah. They're not hitting each other, but he was out there. So. All right. So the defense, unfortunately, we did not get a look at Christian Gonzalez. He was not there. But my big takeaway on the defense was another rookie. Marte Mapu was out there. He was in a red non-contact jersey. But he played a good amount. He was out there a yeah. lot. He was a was that a linebacker position. His speed, his kind of length really stuck out. And that tells me they have some big plans for this kid right out of the gate if they're throwing him in right there, right out of the fire. And not just throwing him in. I mean, that whole pick hinged on how are they going to use him? Are they going to bend their traditional defensive philosophy to his skill set? Or are they going to bend his skill set to their traditional defensive philosophy? It seems like they're going to carve out a role for him. And I didn't think they were going to do it because they've been super hesitant to play that like 220 pound middle linebacker, right? That three down coverage passing game linebacker, Matt Milano, Fred Werner, that sort of player. But again, very limited sample size today. He was really, he did play some 11 on 11, but it was low impact 11 on 11, but they had him motioning out following running backs. They had him doing this, that he was doing a lot all from the middle linebacker position. So that's super encouraging to me. And also just the fact he was out there, Brian. Yeah. How many times have we seen this team just, red shirt or rookie you know they'll look for any excuse to you know oh this guy had you know minor surgery in december we're going to throw him on nfi we'll see him next year right no they even though he's in the non-contact even though he just had surgery they had him out there playing significant reps i think that's big i think that means they have a big role planned for him which is good because their defense has been lacking that kind of skill set for a while now and you can mix him in with everything else they have going on they're going to be in really good shape defensively. Yeah, you mentioned that's something they've been looking for, the Cam McGroons of the world, but they haven't – they've been reluctant almost to throw that into the – you know, throw that right into the mix. They like the Bentleys and Tavais, but getting a guy like that who can come in and, and run with these running backs and even help with the mobile quarterbacks. I think there was one play – you know, there was one film breakdown of him in college, you know, running all the way across the field, chasing down a mobile quarterback. I think that's a big piece. And if he's ready right out of the gate, you have Jalen Hurts week one. So he could be big into that and have a big role on this defense. Yeah, absolutely. So that was, you know, him and, and Keon White, too. And and obviously Christian Gonzalez wasn't there, which sucked because I, I was really yeah. looking forward to seeing him. And I, we don't know why he wasn't there. He is one of the few guys that hasn't signed his rookie deal. Now, Keon White hasn't signed his rookie deal. He was super involved today, which was cool to see. And I don't believe Mapu signed his rookie deal either. And they're no. out there. And so who knows what's going on with that? But maybe like he could be hurt. We don't know. Uh, but I thought Mapu was super involved and Keon White was super involved. He, he and he, he's 
capitalizing right now because Lawrence Guy wasn't there, Devon Godshaw wasn't there, Christian Barmer wasn't there, Matthew Judon. So he has a chance to get reps and he's getting them. He's a guy that I think can can be a player for them. Um, so seeing those two guys as involved as they were was pretty cool. And White's, he was, you know, we knew he was big, but he looked big out there on the edge and they had him as a stand up, I think he had his hand in the dirt too a few times. They had him running with running back. So he was really involved and he, he was kind of bringing the heat for, you know, day three of OTAs on some pass yeah. rushes too. So the rookies, rookies were getting right into it. Hopefully we, we see Gonzalez soon, but uh good first impression from Mapu and white, I would say. Yeah. Um, so no Gonzalez, but the safeties, Devin McCourty, he couldn't stay away. He was there, unfortunately, not in the jersey. He was spectating today. But how they are replacing him, that's a big question for this defense. And today they kind of just took it, you know, by committee. They had Bledsoe, Jalen Mills was back there, and then the big three, Duggar, Phillips, and Peppers, all rotating single high safety looks, lots, you know, some two high looks as well. Jalen Mills. Got right in the mix, got an interception off Bailey Zappi. So they're just rotating all these bodies right now, it looks like. Yeah, I I thought it was mostly Phillips, Duggar, and Peppers in yep. that deep role. Yeah, we saw a lot of two high rotating to 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 you know, two high look rotating to single high, rotating to cover one. Um, and that's probably what it's gonna be. It's probably gonna be by committee. The only thing is. You know, I think that Jonathan Jones would be great back there. And Jonathan Jones was just on the boundary today. It was him and Jack Jones. But was that because Jonathan Jones is just going to be on the boundary? Or is that because they didn't have Christian Gonzalez? And so that's where they need Jonathan Jones. So it's we still don't have the whole picture of safety because Christian Gonzalez wasn't out there. And honestly, Marcus Jones, not he, Marcus Jones was on the field, but he didn't really take part in a lot of practice. He was limited today, yeah. kind of like Ramondre Stevenson. But um yeah, it, it certainly seems like we all expected that that safety position is going to be a rotation, literally and figuratively. Like, they're going to rotate the players in, and, and once they're on the field, they're going to use a lot of rotating coverage. Some of the stuff they were doing today defensively, just in general, for this early in the summer, the way they were rotating coverage and uh, going in and out of blitz looks and things like that in, in the pre-snap motion defensively, I thought, was done at a very high level for this time of year. And when you return essentially the entire unit and McCourty's one guy, he has a huge loss, but he's one guy when you return like the entire unit and everybody's and the coaching staff, there's no learning curve. You don't really have to yeah. install anything, right? Cause everybody's back. So they can really get creative this year on defense. And I think we kind of saw it at the beginning of that today. Mm, definitely. We should hopefully, you know, as, the jobs pick up in training camp, we might get a better sense of how they plan to do that. I still, I want to see, I think Jalen Mills, he's going to play safety. It looks like, I think they'd be really good if he handles tight ends, you know, if he yeah. can cover the tight ends and then you can kind of let Kyle Duggar, you know, roam free and kind of just be a ball hawk back there. I think that'd be a, a good way to go after it. Yeah, I agree with you. I know some people are hesitant to move him out of the box because that's where he's so good. And and you want to use the player where he's at his best, right? You want to maximize his skill set. And there is an argument for that. And I don't love the idea of moving Kyle Duggar deep, but I think it's their best option because, one, I still think he's pretty damn good as a deep safety. He didn't play in the box in college ever. Like, he didn't do it once. Yeah. So 
put him at deep safety, see what he has. I also think I don't love Phillips or Peppers in that role. I think those guys are truly natural box safeties, right? So I I, I don't know. I Duggar's the best fit for that role, and I think he maybe can capitalize on it. I'm with you on Mills. I think he's the guy because if there's one area Duggar struggles in, and really all their safeties, like they got beat last year, tight ends, man coverage, <laughs> specifically man coverage against tight ends, right? So Phillips, not Phillips, if Mills can do that with a cornerback background, is set like, so we did this a couple weeks ago with, I did it with Mike, where we charted out like the defense, like the 11 for early down and then passing down in the passing down defense. We took a linebacker off the field. Jalen Mills almost became like another linebacker where he's in that role of a Fred Warner, a guy who's going to run with tight ends and stuff like that. I, yeah, I don't necessarily see him as the deep safety. I think he's he's more that tight end specialist. Duggar's instincts on the back end, I think, will play incredibly well. And they have really talented box safeties. They can make up for it. If it's not going to be Duggar, honestly, I like Peppers. Because, again, he's such an instinctive player and he's so explosive. I don't know that he has the ball skills to play deep, but... I mean, you're not going to you're not going to play Devin McCourty. Nobody's going to be perfect. They don't have a true deep safety on their roster, and Devin McCourty is just so good. Um, there's going to be what ifs about, or, or buts about anybody. So it seems like it's going to be Duggar, but I, I don't hate uh, Jabril Peppers in that role either. I will be interested to see if they put Jonathan Jones back there. Yeah, they didn't really put Miles Bryant back there, which I kind of thought they would, but still a lot of time left. So we'll see. Yeah. Bryant is again, like he gets a lot of hate, but that he's more of a safety, you know, he's better in, in zone. That would be more of his fit. I feel. And maybe it's just cause they were down Gonzalez. They were down Marcus Jones. They had to use Bryant there, but again, it's early, you know, we'll see more of this hopefully as these bodies come back and we'll, we'll ramp up the competition level in right. training camp. So anything else, defense related they were missing a lot of the defensive linemen even though it's hard you know to get a real sense of that in OTAs anyway but anything else catch your eye on the defensive side of the ball um not really again it's just uh, I was bummed Gonzalez wasn't out there yeah, I, I was sorry. really looking forward to seeing him and I think we all were um yeah yeah no not really on the defense I mean Bill Belichick being back more working with the defense certainly stood out but I think that's as much a take about the offense as it is about the defense <laughs> at this point right so um yeah yeah that's where I'm at with the defense all right so let's get into the good stuff the special teams all right <laughs> uh the I think the big takeaway special teams Joe Judge was very involved today he basically seemed like the de facto special teams coordinator. He was very vocal during a lot of the kicking drills. He was running some of the drills himself. So he is very hands-on with the special teams unit. That looks like where his his role is going to be with this team this year. Yeah. Look, he kept his job after causing his boss $50,000. You know that. (laughs) Bill took responsibility for it in the, in the presser before, before practice. Um, yeah, he's he's a full-on special teams coach. He was not with the quarterbacks. He was not with anybody else. He was with the specialist period. So if he's far away from the offense now, and I guess that's encouraging. I still don't love the fact that he's in the building, but he's a special teams coach through and through. Mm-hmm. And Slater talked 
very highly of him after practice saying he's a big boost for us you know he's always been a big fan of him whether that's just media talk or not at least it seems like Slater might be behind him so that could be good you know in the special teams room if there's maybe some hesitancy after what happened with Judge last year but the rookies the kicker punter Bryce Berenger and you got the hang times but Bryce Berenger has boot that ball sounded different coming off his foot yeah, I thought he 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 had a really strong day. And the other thing is, and we talked about this in the last show, I actually I couldn't do the the operation, operation. Touch, which is too far away. <laughs> like I can't really see it right from where we are, but it looked quick. It looked quick. That ball's in, out, down the field. So I, I thought he had a really good day today. I thought he looked good. We didn't they did a little bit of field goal stuff at the end of practice, but it was like chip shots. I think it was more just getting everybody used to each other. Um, I thought he had a really good day. Corliss Waitman was inconsistent. He had a couple really big kicks, but he also had a couple sub four hang times. Now maybe they're doing drills or they're kicking it short or whatever. But um, if I had to, this is, I said this on the last show, if there's one position that we can do a, you know, who's winning the battle, it's, it's kicker and punter. And after one practice we've seen, I, I, I do think Behringer probably has a little bit of a lead right now. Yeah. And you mentioned just, End of practice kicking stuff. Nick Folk wasn't there, so it was all Chad Ryland. I think he hit his first three or four, and then unfortunately ended with two make or two misses. But I mean, still as a fourth round pick, you think he's he's got to be the guy here, unless you know he pulls the last guy they drafted and he's kicking and hitting porta potties or something over there. Well, from what we can tell, he doesn't have any tattoos, so that's encouraging. No, Ryland, I think, has a good shot. And that's why I was a little interested to see Nick Folk wasn't there, mm. right? He's He's got a more of an uphill, even though he's a better player than Corliss Waitman is. Bryce Barringer's a sixth-round pick. You can walk away from a sixth-round pick. Fourth-round pick, borderline top 100, that's a lot harder. Like, Nick – I Corliss Waitman can win the job. Bryce Barringer doesn't necessarily have to lose it, right? Corliss Waitman, the better punter is going to get the job. Even if Nick Folk was slightly better than Chad Ryland, I still think Chad Ryland would make the team because of what they've invested in him and the idea that he's young, he'll be better, he'll improve. Like Nick Folk really has to wow in order to keep his job. Now, guy's 38. Maybe he sees them draft a kicker in the fourth round and says, you know what? I've had a great career. <laughs> I'm going to keep cashing these checks till they tell me I can't. And and all the power to him if that's what he's going to do. I don't yeah. say that to knock him. But um, – He's got a real competition in his hands, and he wasn't there. Him and Trent Brown are the two guys, I would say. like Those guys are competing for their jobs right now, and I'm not saying that they're going to win it in OTAs. We, we talked about that, but there is an element of you're there. You get an edge with the coaching staff just by being in attendance. The coaching staff looks at that. He was here. You weren't. He's ahead of you. That's how they do this, and maybe that's more true at tackle than kicker. We're talking about Trent Brown, but – uh, and Nick Folk hasn't always gone to OTAs in the past. That is true. I thought it was interesting he wasn't there. I, I did. Yeah, definitely. Seems already behind the eight ball because they invested. So you think he might try to get there, get an early hand. Joe Cardona wasn't there, you know, staying in the specialist. It was the Tucker Addington show. But after the contract they gave Joe Cardona in this offseason, that would be a real surprise. Although, is. Do we know if Cardona is 100% healthy? 
Oh, I don't know. He might not be. That's a good point because so he had that, that foot injury. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, that's, maybe that's why. But still, if he's healthy by the regular season, you think the job would go to him just based off what they paid him this offseason. Yeah, I, I, I don't think his job is uh, is on the line. Highest paid long snapper. Yeah. Think they're not cutting him. I, mm-hmm. Even though there's another guy there, that's that's not really a competition. Yeah. Addington, so, Addington might might make the practice squad. Like they might keep him and say we want another long snapper, but uh, it's Joe Cardona's job. Mm-hmm. So, any other you know takeaways, or do you want to do some Q and A, or what you got? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe we open the floor to some questions. We pretty much hit on everything. We got the attendance down. We got. Yeah, I, I think we pretty much got to everything. So, if people want to throw questions in the chat, and I'll I'll try to run up and find some of them um we can do that but so i guess we'll start kind of where we just left off talking about attendance are you at all worried juju smith schuster isn't there Mm, i mean i guess i would have i would have liked him to be there you know new team new offense all that but i'm not gonna freak out about it yet max seemed max said after that they have they have thrown which was different than what juju told us when he spoke you know a month or two ago so I'd prefer he be there, but I'm not going to totally freak out about that yet, I think. I'm kind of with you. I was, he was hurt last year during the playoffs. Mm. I wonder if it's an injury thing. I, I would like him to be there. Um, I don't know that worried is the right word, but they would have they would have had the whole offense, right? And it would have been really yeah. nice to see and, and guys get going. I am encouraged. Max said he's thrown with him, though, like you said, yep. because when we talked to Juju, when was that? April, like early he was like April. The, yeah, he was like the first one. Yeah, passed, he said so. they hadn't thrown yet. So clearly they've gotten on the field at some point. So that they kind of cancel out. I'm a little bummed he wasn't there. I would have liked to see him there. And if he's dealing with injury, that's obviously another thing. But if he's able to get out there, I would have liked to see him be, be there. But at the same time, all right, well, he, at least he threw with Mac, which he hadn't done, call it a month ago, month and a half ago. So that's encouraging. Uh, somebody asked him about Isaiah Bolden, another guy I kind of wanted to see how they would use because I, you know, college corner, but I think can play some safety. Uh, he was not out there today, so we didn't see him. Um, can somebody use me for their business <laughs> presentation? I guess. Yeah. Send it to me after. I'm curious what that looks like. I don't even know what that means. Um, never had a real job in my life. I'm very lucky. So I, I'm not very business savvy. I don't know how much that's going to help. Um, how did, did that go up? Yeah. Yep. Can't believe we didn't get to this. How did the rookie yeah. six-round picks look? Great question from Josh. Uh, who do you want to do first? Let's do um, well, Butte Butte, first because it's easier. He was yeah, limited. He we was didn't limited. see a lot of them. Uh, Demario Douglas, the ball found him a lot. Now, it was mostly working with the second team, but he was involved. And some of the stuff he was doing looked like some of the stuff Marcus Jones did. So that's very encouraging. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Found ball found him, and he mixed in with the punt returners too because Marcus Jones wasn't there. So perhaps another, you know, if Marcus Jones goes down in the season, that's another role that Douglas could fill if he makes this roster. So encouraging yep. kind of first day for him, I'd say. He uh, he returned some punts too, so mm-hmm. that's that's worth noting. Uh, Brian, the people say you got to get a ring light. So there's that. <laughs> I'll work on uh, that because the lighting on the show has always been so good. I have a freaking desk lamp right here. Blasting my <laughs> That's face. That's all I got. Show. Yeah, Is that exactly. Like uh, half my face. 
will the Patriots play three, four, or four, three this year? Now they're not really going to do either because they're base now. Everybody's base is in his Patriots, diamond, nickel. But like, what kind of default defense do you think we're we're going off of here? Uh, that'll be interesting, especially how they view. Because how do they view? How do you think they'll view Keon White? Right. So based on what they did today, like Keon White's a three, four end probably, yeah. right? Or sorry, Keon White's a four, three end probably. And they don't have out behind Godshot. They never really got depth at the traditional nose tackle spot. Maybe Carl Davis, but I think it's, I think maybe like, a, it's basically the first number. Are they going to come out on first and 10 with three down linemen or four down linemen? The second number, they're going to take linebackers off the field for defensive backs. We kind of know that, but I think you might see probably more four man fronts than three man fronts in neutral situations this year. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Based off, you know, what we uh, saw today. today. Yeah, which again is a very, very limited (laughs) sample size. Um, How many interceptions does Christian Gonzalez get this year? How many did Sauce have last year? You know? Very good question. Although I will say, like, the Patriots defense schematically is different. Ideally, yeah. Ideally, Christian Gonzalez has no interceptions because teams just no don't one throw throws the ball. The ball. <laughs> um, whereas the Jets' defense naturally is a little more, yeah, baity. The right word. Yeah, you can uh, say that. Sauce only had two picks last year, but he led the league with twenty pass breakups. Okay, that's that's the real. I don't really care how many picks pass Christian breakups. Gonzalez has. Right? How many pass breakups does he get? That's what I'm more interested. Twenty's a lot. Mm. I, I hope he's not tested that much, frankly. That might be, though, in this division if you're sticking him on Diggs and Garrett Wilson and all those guys. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you guys want to keep the questions coming in, I'm just trying to find these here. Uh, we got the Isaiah Bolden one. Um, what else do we got? Keep going. Uh, we talked about the kicker and punter rookies. So yeah, somebody somebody said three five three for the defense. Is that even? Yeah, it's eleven. Uh, no, <laughs> less linebackers. Definitely yeah. less linebackers. Uh, I don't think they even have the linebacker depth for that. Probably they might. Yeah, they have five linebackers. I think. Uh, so th- th- here's an interesting one. We were talking about Jabril, uh, not Jabril Peppers, uh, Jalen Mills for the old Eric Rowe role. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, what else we got? How many touchdowns were Christian Gonzalez give up this year? <laughs> we're just going to do his whole stay. If you, do you guys really want me to pull up the PFF simulator again? That freaking thing that has <laughs> they, the Chiefs going 7 and in, in, or 7 and 9, whatever did it was. Do, did they do defensive stats too? They didn't yet. They're going to. Uh, every or no, every team was uh like yeah, seven and ten. Seven and <laughs> ten or or six and eleven is ridiculous. The Chiefs had the same record as the Falcons. Uh does Jack Jones get out of the doghouse and continue his solid play? Is he cornerback too? He was out there today. Now they only had their, you know, two of their three top corners. You could say he was out there by default, but I think this is an important question. We know this team in the past has held a grudge. Look at Kendrick Bourne last year. Jack Jones is a good player. He needs to play if they're going to maximize this defense. Will they play him? That's another question. Especially if you're moving John Jones back to safety, you're going to need another right 
guy out there on the boundary because you're probably not going to let Marcus Jones do that full-time. So you're going to need Jack Jones if that's in the plan. Even as your number three guy, you're going to need him if, you know, Gonzalez has some, you know, I want him out there as much as possible, but, you know, maybe you're going to have a rotation. They usually like to rotate those three guys anyway. So you're going to need Jack Jones. So hopefully he is out of the doghouse and, you know, can build off what he did in the early stages of his rookie year. Well, they also like to rotate to keep guys fresh. Like that's yeah. their thing is they want their fresher legs. And when they had Gilmore and, and JC Jackson in 2018, they also had Jason McCourty right mm-hmm. in that rotation. So that's something they do more guesses on the defense. I think it's probably the closest four two five base. Yeah. That's probably more in the ballpark of what we're talking about. Um, when will we be able to get a better feel on off the on if the offense is going to flow better um, when the pads come on? So I think today was a big step, just seeing like the outline of it. The next big test is the first fully padded practice, which is usually what like the third or fourth day of camp. First, like the weekend of training camp. Yeah, it's usually that for they start on a Thursday. It's usually yeah. that first Saturday or Sunday. So. Um, that will be the next big, you know, we'll, we'll see him a couple more times and we'll make observations, but that's the next big one is the first padded practice sticking with the offense. Do we think Kendrick Bourne plays this year? Is that issue from last year resolved? I would like, so we don't know what that issue from last year ultimately was. I would like to think that issue from last year is now employed by the Philadelphia Eagles, but <laughs> I'll tell you this. I, I don't know about like usage rate, the route tree Kendrick Bourne was running today made a lot more sense for his skill set. It looked a lot more like what he did in 2021 than what it was last year. Mm, he was pretty busy today too. He had a yeah. handful of targets, but again, you know, Juju's not there and he's probably going to replace someone. So like we talked about yesterday, whether it's Bourne or Thornton, one of those guys really has to step up right. in that kind of Z role and, and you know, have a productive year. And it's interesting. You saw them both kind of have big games or big practices big days, days today. So they're mm-hmm. competing for that. Like you said, that spot just Cole strange look heavier. No, he, I was actually surprised. He, he still looks small and that's not, you know, you expect those guys to bulk up. I, so I had this debate, Matt Dolloff from the sports up thought he looked bigger. I didn't. So maybe I'm wrong. I guess, Brian, you can be the tiebreaker here. I didn't think he really looked bigger. I thought he looked fairly the same, not that much bigger. It'll be interesting to talk to them, see if or look, you know, talk to them, get a closer look at them up in person. I know we were all kind of hoping they'd put him on that Joe Tooney plan, right? You know, really get in the weight room, really bulk right. up, but doesn't look exactly like that from the first look at him. What do you think of Mac Jones' arm strength? Mm, I mean, it was kind of tough to tell velocity wise i'd say because you know they're not going full speed contact he did have a couple you know those long touch passes that he's so good at he had a few of those one of those to thornton downfield so about what we've seen so far i'd say there was one throw i thought like on a mid level in that he really zipped between two defenders to get it in hunter henry so that was encouraging and not a lot not to say his arm strength was bad, but there weren't a lot of throws necessarily that displayed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, it's an, I've gotten this question a couple of times today. So that's why I thought we'd talk about it, but we didn't really get uh, an answer to that one today. Um, 
do we genuinely think Mac Jones should bounce back? If so, why? <laughs> I think he should because he has an actual coach now. And I wish they got him real tackles and a wide receiver one too, but he's more or less working with a group. I think that's on par with the group he had in 21. So I think he should at least look like he did in 21, if not better, because he's learned since then. Yeah. Hopefully gets back and better, right? They need him to be better right. than he was his rookie year. And again, I just, you know, he looks refreshed today. And I think that was, that's a good start to kind of, you know, hit the ground running. He looked refreshed. So good start in my opinion. Uh, if the Patriots signed DeAndre Hopkins, do they cut Devontae <clears throat> Parker? Not immediately, but he would be the odd man out, you know, yep. in theory, if that happens. Um, here's an interesting one, kind of along the same lines. Who will be Mac Jones' go-to guy now since Jacoby Myers is gone? I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster, which is why I'm kind of bummed he wasn't in practice yeah. today. Yeah, me too. I th- Like, if we're at the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if he's caught 80, 90 balls. Like, that role in this offense... I think he's really going to, you know, he could really thrive and be that go-to guy for Matt, kind of like Jacoby was. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the role you figure he's going to be in. So um trying to see if there's any other ones here. When does training camp begin? We're already over OTAs <laughs> now. You know, we're all excited for OTAs, and we get the rug pulled out under us on the first one, and now it's like, hey, we finally have – nope, no, give me a training camp. Uh it's usually what last week of July, second late, last week of late July. July, yeah, yeah, late it's July. One of those Thursdays, we'll get that. Um, we'll get that date that normally comes out right around the end of, right around the end of mini camp. Um, Is that when we get doing. coach titles too? We'll be like, yeah, a day or two before the first day of training camp. It's usually that Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any other questions? I mean, people are really projecting forward here will the patriots run more read options this year i hope not uh rpos yes Yes. i think they should and i thought it was interesting a couple times again mac was asked how much did bill o'brien bring over from alabama and mac said i'm not going to get basically i'm not going to get into specifics but yeah there's carryover and how can that not be how can that not be rpos that's it's gotta be (laughs) mac jones was a first round pick because of rpos right we, we, let's hope he didn't bring over running your running back into the ground because <laughs> nobody else on your offense can make a play or leading the league in penalties. Cause guess what? The last guy had those. Let's take those out of the playbook, bring in something else from Alabama. That would be RPO. So uh, if you don't know the difference between a read option and RPO, I wrote about that a while ago on 98, five, the sports sub. I think if you search like Alex Barth RPO, um, it probably comes up. I'm curious. Um, yeah, if you search Alex Barth RPO, it does come up. So learn the difference of those two, but, uh, there should be, um, more RPOs this year. I unfortunately did not get the operation times. It's really hard to, it's a very, the punts are easier because one, I do, I actually do it with sound. I don't do it. Like I hear the ball come off the foot and then I hear it either hit the ground or the receiver. Um, and it's, the margin for error on the punts is probably what the, about what the operation times are like the margin. I'm not going to be able to do the operation times right from where I am. If I could like get my hands on the practice footage, I would do it. And maybe it's something I'll do when we get into like preseason games in the regular season. 
They looked quick. It looked like he was getting the ball in his hands quick, out, off his foot. I can't give you the exact time, unfortunately. I know I let everybody down. I talked a big game about uh, I was going to do that, and then I didn't. Did didn't did you look it, back so. at what their operation time was last year, or like what is a good operation time? Did- so a good operation time for a punt, you want to be under one and a half seconds. Field goals like under two. Um, I don't. I, I didn't look back at where they were last year. I just know they were too slow last yeah. year at times. Um, I remember. I, I don't. I did it just to myself last year. I remember timing them kind of late in the year and the the time, especially with Polarity, Like the times weren't great, so looked a lot quicker today. So that's good. I'll try again next week. Um, it's just from the angle we're at, it's really really tough to do. Yeah. Uh, with field goals might be easier, but. They didn't really do any live field goal reps today. The, the field goal reps they did were kind of walk through pace. Everything was naturally slower. So I'm not I'm not going to time those times and put them out there. And everybody's like, what the hell? That's slow. That's way too slow. And then we'll know they were doing a walkthrough. They were doing it at half speed. It's also so. they do that punting drill where you have the one guy who looks like the punter, but they're yeah. simulating a punt block. And then they have another punter five yards to the side and he actually, actually it. kicking the ball. They did so, that a couple times. Yeah. Today, so so. It, it's difficult. You don't, there is, the there is no operation time. Yeah. On that. I'll, I'll tell you when we get to the preseason, cause in the yeah. press box, I'll be able to do it. When we get to the preseason, I'll start maybe tracking that a little more. Cause that'll be, that'll be a little bit easier, but um, yeah, I talked to bed game. I couldn't back it up. That's on, <laughs> that's on me. I'll take my lap after the show. So take a lap. One person yeah. took a lap today, I think, right? Did they? I didn't see any laps there. Uh, Miles Bryant took one for muffing a Did punt. He? That was the only. Oh, one that's right. Out. That's right. Yep, I remember that now. So, all right, I think we got to uh, to pretty much all of it. Good. Yeah. All right, so the Patriots will be back at Gillette on Tuesday for the next OTA practice, open to the media. In the meantime, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and read all of his writings and articles and reviews on 985thesportshub.com. You can follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and read all my stuff on patspulpit.com. And we will be back next week for a show, so make sure your Patriots press pass notifications are on so you are notified when we are going live. And we will see you guys next time.